Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Play to Win podcast. This is Alex, and I've got your other game gurus here, Jared and Josh. Hi. How's everybody doing this week? Can't see me wave. Uh, I am. I didn't. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Just hanging out, doing well. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. We've got some fun stuff to talk about this week. There's a lot of news because it's the, uh, I, I think, the IGN Summer of Gaming. So there's all kinds of stuff going on right now. Um, no E3, but we've got basically E3 news. So we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll start a little bit with that. Then we'll go in and talk about our game of the month, which is Cyberpunk 2077. Uh, I know a couple of us have been really stoked to talk Cyberpunk. Um and so much so that we've even kind of pushed back our timing a little bit so that we can give it uh, give it the the due justice it deserves. And uh, you know we'll we'll do our usual what all we've been playing and uh, maybe some game of uh, video game guess who at the end. So without further ado, Jared, why don't you hit us up with uh, what the news is telling us? Absolutely. So <clears throat> I'm gonna go from probably the least we have to say to the most we have to say so uh there is a new diablo mobile game out and i have not played it yet but i did see something on game ranks regarding it and uh um jake baldino did a before you buy as they do on that channel and really it seems like a good starting point for folks who haven't really played diablo before it's a good you know insertion point into the story said hardcore diablo players probably will not like this but you also have to keep in mind it is a mobile game, so you will have those uh, free-to-play features that seep yeah. into it as well. So just That's keep in I mind. Heard. But for folks that want a good entry point for Diablo in that series that doesn't want to jump into the hardcore game, you know, on console or PC, then um, this is a good place to start. So is is it out now? Uh, I believe so. If not, it'll be out within the next week. He doesn't really do those unless they're going to be out in like the next week, two weeks. So. Um, so yeah, that's going to be on on iOS, Android, and I believe there's a uh, port on PC as well for that. <laughs> so you can play a mobile game on your computer. Ex- essentially, but oh, I mean the graphics are games. great and everything. <laughs> I mean that's how good phone graphics are. I is think it, that's more uh, of a, a boost on Diablo Immortal. Is that it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, it is out. Okay, so I'll it's out. Folks. out. You want to check out Diablo? There you go. Um, another thing that's kind of a big deal is the Bethesda showcase will be airing on 610. So this month and uh, really the big is it 10 or 12 or 12. Sorry, it's 612. I literally stared at a 12 because <laughs> <laughs> it's early here in mountain time. Um, two days earlier, the big two days, two hours, one hour, <laughs> uh, compared to these people. But anyway, um, oh, I see what you're saying. Jesus. <laughs> Uh, the big thing there early, is uh, we're, we're really looking for Starfield game footage. Uh, cinematics are great, which is what they showed last time, and it looked awesome. Looks mouthwatering, but at the same time, it's time for gameplay footage. And the Other, the gaming community, from what I can tell, really feels the same about this. Yeah. And I feel after the whole um, Fallout seventy six kerfuffle. <laughs> Bethesda really is looking to gain a lot of street cred back with this game. So mm-hmm. I would expect gameplay footage and I would expect some kick ass gameplay footage. And you got to keep in mind, this thing is competing with all sci-fi, B 
big open world shooting RPGs, which is my jam. So there's some shit coming out that it really needs to stand up against. Well, yeah, I mean, especially you see like what uh, the amount of love that's been put back into No Man's Sky, you know, it's kind oh, of. Oh, for yeah. sure. Those I mean, even even what we're talking about today, look at the, the cyberpunk resurgence yeah. after, after yeah. the new next gen upgrade. They've seen sales of, I think, like 800 percent on PlayStation, like 850 percent bump on Xbox. So that genre of sci fi open world shooter is a big, big, big genre right now. And people want yeah. it, especially the well, cyberpunk genre, too. Like they can really with an open world space opera like they claim Starfield's going to be. The whole thing doesn't need to be cyberpunk, but you can definitely have cyberpunk elements to it, like a planet that's kind of like at Star Wars, how they do it. You know, it's not all cyberpunky, but they do put those elements in there. And I think that they can really borrow from it and garner a lot of that momentum within mm-hmm. Starfield. But if you can't tell, I'm really excited for the game. <laughs> but at the it, same time, I'm, I'm worried I'm for stoked. it, too, because I think Bethesda, like their future hinges on this release. Yeah. I don't know if it's that bit make or break. I mean, I think people who like Elder Scrolls and like Fallout, um, they're they're wanting this game to be really good. But I think if this game fails, they're still gonna be like, well, when Elder Scrolls Six comes out, that'll be. The- I, I don't. They they they've lost that excuse with me because their last their the only thing they really support right now is ESO, right? And I don't even think Bethesda direct. Is ESO? I think it's I one of their their, just their parent parent yeah, I, I think they, I think they uh, um, they publish it and that's it. Uh-huh. And ESO is cool, but it's again, it's an MMO, and not all of us play Bethesda games for MMOs. Like not all of us play Bioware games to play freaking Anthem. <laughs> yeah, <Not> bitter. <laughs> um, but also Fallout seventy six. So they try to go back to that games as a service, and they've lost as far as single player games, which is their bread and freaking butter. They haven't released one since Fallout 4. It's uh-huh. been forever. And and yeah, I love that game. And I've and and not even the whole community likes Fallout 4. So even like the people that came in for Fallout uh, 3 mm-hmm. in New Vegas who were salty on Fallout 4, they're even saltier than me right now. So Fallout yeah. was Fallout 4, was that 2013? I think so. That was a that was a early gen <laughs> PS4 generation game it's been a while since we've got a mainline elder scrolls or fallout game so and and this is going to be the first new ip that oh it's 2015 i think tom howard i think is his name from i think it's going to be his first um his team's new first IP. new ip since i mean actually i don't even know since forever and so i mean there's other games that bethesda has done that have been really well received i mean they do the wolfenstein reboot games i forget about those but again that's what that's id right that's not even them that's id software doing that right they it's have, uh when i say bethesda i guess i mean zenimax they're pub, yeah they're public zenimax is what i should watch this should video say. no <laughs> i refuse so <laughs> i don't know i'm excited for it i think i honestly i think it's gonna be good i don't know if you watched some of the some of the footage we've gotten so far oh yeah looks the world looks really interesting um they seem like they have a good idea i i trust them to make a good enjoyable game like this i uh, just think they're story. one bad release from being bioware yeah and and bioware is against the rope i don't think Bethesda's is against the rope yet but if this isn't well received the oh well elder scrolls is around the corner excuse can only hold up for so long yeah 
and Elder Scrolls, folks, is a long way out. And the last thing we want is Bethesda to rush that game. So, oh, uh, yeah. so I think a lot hinges on Starfield, personally. So, um, what else? Power. Real quick, while we're talking about the Xbox uh, show, Xbox uh, Bethesda show coming up next week, what else do you think they're going to show? If uh, I mean, I think that's. I think a we're going to see we're going to see more. Um, even though it's EA, I think we might see some more Dead Space because they announced a hard date for that. So I don't know which console or which company they're kind of leaning on for their demo stuff, but if it is at Microsoft, which makes sense to me, um, I can see them doing that. Uh, EA has done their own showcase before, I think. I, I think that they'll do. I think the Diablo Four, the next actual okay. hard um, iteration of that, is going to be showcased. I guess that's been in development hell for a very long time. And hopefully, I was talking to our friend who lives down in Florida, who's a huge Diablo fan, but he was thinking that maybe uh, this Microsoft acquisition is going to give that release a little bit of stability. Um, so nice. we might see something on that. Um, I've heard some rare stuff coming out. So we're getting some revamps. Um, I've heard rumors of a uh, GoldenEye release. Yeah least possibly which would be very cool so if microsoft is going to start digging into its rare chest which why when is, not uh, when is the next perfect dark supposed to be out i, was say, we might. I haven't i forgot about that one but that's a huge ip from rare that yeah we might see too. some footage about some early footage for that i could say at, at the showcase too yeah that would be a huge deal for sure i, and I think really uh, ghost recon or not ghost recon that but what's the uh, splinter cell that game if they wanted to or they can really take it in some interesting directions i think there's a good chance we see um some footage for redfall as well the other game that was delayed that was supposed to be out uh, oh, because yeah. it, I mean, if it's coming soon, I mean, if it's supposed to be coming this year but got pushed back, there should be hopefully something to talk about, right? My, and this is a long shot, my long shot um, prediction, and this is kind of a hopeful prediction too, mm-hmm. is that, uh, Josh, you, you saw that I shared there was some new talk about some Final Fantasy VII R news. And we didn't get anything at the PlayStation showcase, uh, state of play. So my my long shot prediction is that Final Fantasy VII R is finally coming to the Xbox, and that they'll make a, a mention of that at the at the Xbox showcase. I don't know. That's a long shot, but yeah, I don't know. All right. Well. Anything else there, guys, uh, as far as Square stuff? Because I did have that written down, and I know you guys are particularly well, knowledgeable with that. Well, let's that. let's jump to the PlayStation news, then, if we're okay. going to move into Square, because that could be a good segue. <laughs> so uh, PlayStation did have their giant showcase, as they do, uh, just this past week, and they had some pretty exciting reveals. So um, what I had written down, the big, big deal, and we were you guys were texting about this. I think I hearted something on there, but we saw footage of the new Resident Evil 4 reboot, and it looks, it looks it, really cool. It looks good. It does look. They, really uh, it, it looks like they really took the old version of it, which was awesome, and it was it was revolutionary as far as the um, Resident Evil series goes. But it was very campy still. Yeah. Um. There, I'm sure there's some meme-worthy stuff that we'll get references to in this remake, especially as far as the president's daughter and th- those escort missions and stuff. But yeah. um, it, it looks incredible, and I love what 
resi from what I've seen. And I haven't played him yet. And, and, uh, me and the team folks, we've kind of discussed that o- aside from the, the one that Alex and I reviewed the remake for one. Um, but we'll, we'll be, we'll be releasing some fun stuff for resident evil later, but it looks great. It looks scary. It looks very dead spacey. Um, very dark, uh, very on, on brand with the other remakes. Leon and it's only, it's only awesome. nine months away too. Yeah. And that's yeah. so cool as I, I'm pretty sure. And Capcom's been masterful at this since the beginning of doing these remakes. I think by the time that they demo one, it's like four months out and they already have the next one in the chamber going and they have rapid fired these out. Like this is going to be the fourth remake and they're, they're, redoing the games it's not mm-hmm. they're they're bringing Ground it over up. to gin and they are building brand new games and i know that kind of hit some criticism with uh resi 3 remake because it was a lot shorter they trimmed a ton of that story out but at the same time it looks incredible and folks you got a brand new 10 hour game yeah you know at, i wish like, i wish they would have teased the uh how the salesman's gonna look like the merchant guy that you know follows you. Oh out yeah! I wish they would have teased that guy. See my wares. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Hello, stranger. Another thing, and by the way, I did miss uh, one uh, reboot that we need to talk about after PlayStation. So remind me to come back to that, but we'll we'll do that later. Uh, another reveal that's exciting for PlayStation, that's particularly exciting for me, is Knights of the Old Republic. Um, uh-huh. This game's a big deal for me because, as you guys know, I'm a snob against turn-based stuff, and this is one of the few turn-based RPGs I will play. Is Knights of the Old Republic? Do, do you so, think the remake's going to be turn-based? No, 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 no. I don't. Okay. If it is, I'll be a little disappointed. I'll still obviously play it, but they said that they did want to stick to its original DNA as much as possible. But hopefully, I hopefully I think that doesn't mean turn-based. But um, I mean this. They could do something like Final Fantasy did with Seven and make that an action based with some turning elements to it. I like the uh, Last Dragon Age mechanics to where you can literally switch between the live action and the turn based mechanics, and there was benefits of doing both. So, like, you can be in that third person view switching between your characters, or you can switch the configuration where it goes to a bigger sky view and you can direct people that way. Yeah. So I'm really hoping it goes to something like that because Star Wars is a game to where you get yourself in battle situations to where I feel the mechanics of turn-based mechanics kind of break immersion for me. But that's just me. Uh, but that's something huge to look forward to. Um, before I get into the production portion of it, what do you guys have for uh, Final Fantasy news with PlayStation? Well, I mean, it was revealed um, with a new trailer that Final Fantasy 16 will be out next summer, 2023. Can you um, give us some context uh, on that release and, and its past news getting up to this point? Because I know there's been some... Fight. Yeah, they... When is it coming kind of a thing? Well, yeah, I think, you know... That's with all I, Final Fantasy games, though. <laughs> just like, you know, even within the past six months, it had been reported that they were not really nailing down a, a release date. So it was kind of... I guess reassuring that it's only a year away um, when, you know, they come out and say that. They've been saying it's close, though, that they're like, they've got a lot of it done. I mean, it's probably a 50-hour game with a lot of extra stuff in it, so... Yeah, so I, I kind of get it takes a while. Mainstream side activities, what, 100-plus easily, or or no? 
probably the 80 to 90 hours. That tends to be pretty typical for a Final Fantasy game. Yeah. I mean, it, to be quite honest, it's, it is pretty early. And, I mean, it definitely seems narrative heavy. It just, I mean, I guess that's obviously just cinematic trailers to this point, right? But yeah. uh, we, we did get to see more of the... Uh, what I what I thought was cool on this trailer was when they showed the actual fighting gameplay. They had the HUD, mm-hmm. so you could kind of see like what uh, sort of what was going on. Um, it, and still, don't really know for sure how the exactly the combat system is going to work. But it looked like a bunch of hotkeys on the right side, you know, on your like your buttons, mm-hmm. and um, you know, similar to I, I would assume they'd be like kind of. Uh, attacks that would cool down after you use them so maybe something like that but it's hard to it, tell we'll, it we'll seems see. action oriented yeah though, are, so. are these games that would benefit because i know there's a ton of menus with final fantasy games are these games that'll benefit from keyboard and mouse support on these next gen consoles like and and if it is is it something that you two would mm, be I don't know. willing to dive into checking like knowing you can hot key on keyboards better than you can on consoles I have no idea if uh, I haven't really read into any of that for Final Fantasy 16. So I'd be I curious to get your guys's uh, your guys's um, experience with that, knowing you're mostly console players. So yeah, I, my thought. my experience based on the old uh, the previous versions is no, it wouldn't necessarily benefit from that. Although I'm sure there's mouse and keyboard players out there. It's like everything's better on a keyboard, and I'll be like, uh, but Depends. anyway, yeah. Right. All right, well, um, we're going to have a big episode, so let's keep moving. Um, I did yeah. want to say... Go ahead, Josh. Yes. Before we before we move on, a, I mean, a few of the other smaller games that look interesting um, would be Roller Drome. Uh, it's like a multiplayer, third-person shooter uh, meets Tony Hawk, but rollerblades. With guns? Uh, with guns and robots, too. <laughs> and then the anticipated uh, cat adventure game, Stray. Stray. Oh, my God, well. it looks so cool. Yeah, that and I'm that I think, for that. I believe that game is available to um, premium members at no extra cost the day it releases. So I, I think it's also coming to Game Pass. Mm-hmm. Fair I think it's also coming to Game Pass too. But uh, oh. that I just wish there was some way in that game they could make the cat uh, actually use weapons or something like a like a robot gun pack on its back. I know it's got something, but it's more of like a just defense. It doesn't really attack. Um, I, I'm. I'll also throw out there for uh, fans of Dead Space, uh, Callisto Protocol. Yes, looks fantastic. Yes. So that game. And, gonna... and that's coming out in December, and it's it's going to be interesting because Dead Space is going to come out. The remake of Dead Space is coming out a month later. So yeah. And, and right. those of you listening who don't know, Callisto Protocol is made by the original creator of Dead Space, and this game looks like a next gen gory awesome terrible dead space it, really it definitely does. sounds like he's compensating he feels a little slighted that he's not a part of dead space and a little weird so i bet he's gonna really really show his oh. hand on this game it's gonna it's gonna be crazy but as um, you said let's jump into the next segment trailer so, crazy. well and real real quickly we're getting a max pain one and two rebate which are rebate re, redo reboot <laughs> um reboot. they're gonna they're, they're gonna be i want redoing. my money back yeah, they're going to be redoing both of those games. They really changed the game and added uh, mechanics to gaming that are still to this day are, are showing. So um, I'm really pumped for those. The Witcher 3 reboot 
our re next gen upgrade or whatnot got pushed up again to this year. So we were expecting 23. Now they're saying late 22, which is a big deal. And then the last bit of news before we actually get into uh, Cyberpunk, which this is loosely related, is CDPR did say that any future game releases that from here on out are going to be on Unreal 5. So yeah. that's that's creating a lot of buzz within Cyberpunk that, oh, are we getting um, an add-on, a, a DLC, because they said the next major release is going to be on Unreal 5. Are they done with Red Engine completely? That kind of a thing. So... Uh, part I, of the community split on if we're actually getting DLC like was promised. They originally said we'll get it like Witcher 3, so 2, um, like 60-plus yeah. hour DLC. But now it sounds like we're just going to be getting one that's like cut content. Deals a lot with a bunch of open-up stuff in Pacifica, combat zone things, but like seven missions kind of a deal. Not a lot of Johnny Silverhand because I'm assuming asking a, an actor like Keanu Reeves to come back and do voice yeah. lines is a little pricey. Yeah, probably. So, um, oh, he'll, he'll, he'd do it for free. I don't think he would. <laughs> he's, he's, kind of in, he's kind of in demand right now. Uh, and the game kind of got some bad press that he probably feels a little bad about. So I don't think he would go back for free. Yeah. All right. Uh, any last-minute news before we switch gears? Um, game Pass. We got some Ninja Gaiden oh. stuff on there oh, yeah. if you guys have never played. Sniper Elite 5 is out, which I will have some stories about later on. We also have NHL 22, which is a big deal. And then Jurassic World Evolution 2 is out on there also. There are other releases. I know F all about them, so I apologize. But go check them out. There's some good stuff being released I, on Game I think Pass. a big one, since you're mentioning that, uh, that we should, we should just quickly mention is mm -hmm. Assassin's Creed Origin uh, is coming out on the 6th with a 60 frames per second upgrade grade so i'm excited for that aria's been doing the discovery tours in the new assassin's creed and origins is the only oh, one sweet. i don't still have a copy of and she loves egyptian things so oh, there you go i'm excited for her to jump in and run around egypt so that'll cool. be cool there's also uh more information about the new pokemon games that are releasing later this year um new pokemon uh, game so sexy uh sexy professors that's all the rage right sexy now. sexy professors yeah there's an olive pokemon <laughs> which looks pretty fun yeah that, oh uh, and, and sorry in farming sim 22 i've, yeah, I've been chomping big. at the bit for farming sim 22 um that's out on game pass as well sweet So let's switch gears <laughs> now. We're going to talk about Cyberpunk 2077. Uh, this game is infamous. And I mean, you can say whatever you want. And it's probably true about this game at some point in some Absolutely. way. Uh, so let's start off. So Cyberpunk 2077 was released December 10th, 2020. Uh, maybe that was a little uh, early. Who knows? We'll talk about that. About a year this, early. <laughs> This game is a CD Projekt Red game, the makers of The Witcher. And uh, let's see, ratings. We're going to do a little bit different with ratings because depending on when and how you played this game, the ratings varied drastically. <laughs> so I played it, and I believe, Jared, you played it this way too, on Series X. 
The yeah. game's meta score on Series X is an 87. User score is a little bit lower at 6.2. Um, a lot of that has to do with other things that we'll talk about now because we're shifting to PlayStation 4's meta score is a 57, and the user score is 3.7. When this game came out, it was broken. Let's just be honest. It was broken, especially on those previous generation consoles. It crashed. It couldn't play. It got delisted from the PlayStation Store for what, like a year? Yeah, at, at the uh, very least, yeah. So, you know, there's a lot to be said about this game. Um, IGN gave it a 9 out of 10. And that was with the huge caveat of if you're playing it on PC, a high-end PC, it's a great game. If you're playing it on a base console, you're going to have a bad time. So, yeah, PS, PS4, um, Xbox One, the game was straight up broken. It was not on the next-gen consoles. It was flawed heavily on the next-gen consoles. And then PC from the start, it was a very good game and became a, a greater game once modding came in. Yeah, I mean, playing... I mean, I, I had started playing it on PS5, so... Um, it, it was not broken, but every seeming, like, uh, 45 minutes to an hour and a half, you're getting kicked from the game. You just crashed, and... Um, it, I mean as long as you kind of could operate within that at the start, like just kind of save roughly every 20, 30 minutes, then you, you probably can tell okay. when the game's about to shit itself. Yeah. Like it, it yeah. starts doing goofy things, you know, to save when it's about to do that. But let's, uh, let's, let's get into those individual experiences individually. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, let's talk a little, I think we should talk a little bit about the controversy and the difficulty in this game, especially since, you know, Two of y'all played it when it first came out. Um, granted, both on the higher end consoles, mm-hmm. the new the new generation. I waited until the game had. Alex had is a actually, is a one point five a patch one point five player. Yeah, so I got to experience the game once it actually had its next generation release. So I played a straight up next gen version of Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. But I, I mean, I mean, what was the experience early on? Like, it sounds like it was crashing a lot, even on PS5 and Series X. Um, I'll let Josh go first. Continue um, with your with your story. Crashes. Yeah, I minutes. haven't, I haven't uh, played it. I, I you know, actually didn't play it in anticipation for this episode, um, just for everyone to know. But um, back when it came out, I you know I tried to play it for the first uh, like three weeks. And uh, yeah, there was a lot of a lot of just kind of headache going on with that. Just as I mentioned, the crashing uh, very consistently. Um, and then obviously there would be times in missions, and this is not uncommon for open world games, but you know this obviously happened more times than not, where certain um, I guess variables wouldn't load in. It could be like a vehicle, you know, and then uh-huh. you would you wouldn't be able to finish a mission or something. So you'd have to save and or not save, but you'd have to just kind of restart. And um, a lot of that, you know, made it feel at least from like a pacing. And this is not how they intended it to be, right? So it, it was hard to get a good, um, I guess, rhythm with the game early uh-huh. on because 
you well, could be you could be working on a mission and it's just basically something's missing or it crashes yeah. and you're like well i guess i'll come back to this later yeah exactly and i mean but at that point what do you do because you're you're kind of working on you're trying to do you know the main story um and it, at the start i don't believe there was quite as much extra stuff to do as there is now so um yeah that's kind of my recollection with okay. the, the start of the game. Jared, so I'm going to talk a little bit about my experience with the crashes real quick, and then I want to hear your contrast since you've done it on both ends. Do so it. for the most part, if the game had come out playing the way I played it, it would have been fine. Now, yep. it's still it still was janky at times. And the funny thing is, because if, if you've played Cyberpunk, you know that it has, like, these weird things going on because the character's got, like, we'll call it a computer virus. <laughs> There's something going <laughs> wrong in his brain, right? Um and so every now and then he sees weird things and there's weird pops and all this stuff going on. I'm making I'm making gestures with my hands for everybody out there right now. Um, He's making Witcher signs. I am, yeah. It it's it's great. It's crazy. Ignite. There's all kinds of stuff going on. <laughs> but anyway, um, so some of it like you're playing and you're like, oh, I can. I'm pretty sure that's an artifact from the game, not not <laughs> intended to be there. But it could have passed off as like oh, that's actually supposed to be there. Every now and then, you could tell, like Jared said, you could tell it was about to just shit the bed. It was it was about to just die. And it sucked when that happened. Thankfully, the game saves fairly frequently. You know, modern games do. It wasn't a huge deal when it happened. And, you know, I just kind of knew, okay, it's about to crash in the next 30 seconds. Don't do any, just don't do anything worthwhile. This game's really good with auto-saving until it's not. <laughs> Like, it's so, yeah, anyway, sorry, continue. But, I mean, no, that was my main issue and my main experience with it. Um, we'll talk more about mi side missions and stuff here in a little bit, but... You know what um, I can't believe? What's that? Just thinking about it, you know, just de hearing us detail the the issues, uh, kind of like a glitchy mess sort of stuff going on with a game that's sort of about people getting viruses within you know, their brain and body due to, uh, being chipped. Um, it's almost like, uh, CD project red could have just played it off. Like, Oh, that's part of the experience because <laughs> you're to crash every 30 minutes. <laughs> yeah. It, it's part of it. That's what the character's experiencing. The that's what V is broken. experiencing. The, the matrix is breaking down. <laughs> exactly. It's a feature, yeah. Right. It's a feature. And, and honestly, some of it, some of the stuff, the stories and videos I saw early on, they were pretty freaking funny. Like people would just like disappear or shoot through up into the. You'd be talking to a yeah. guy. Right? Like, I I can go away. into specifically the big spooky world issues here in a sec. Um, but I'd like to about hear, what you're talking about. I'd like to hear your experience though, Jared, because you have not just started the game early on and and played recently. You have just been a continuous cyberpunk. I love this fanatic. Um, so what <clears throat> what have you seen? Silo. What have you seen? Um, I've seen it all, Alex. I've seen it all. In the gameplay um, I've actually, so I've never had anything too incredibly frustrating happen to me with Cyberpunk. And like Alex mentioned, I have been playing on a Series X the entire time, which drastically upped the experience with the game. The most annoying 
and this is early on. I haven't seen this happen in a long, long time since like my earlier playthroughs. By the way, folks, I've put about, and by about, I mean, I've put over 800 hours into this game. So I've played every life path, even though they're very minimal um, as far as differentiation goes. I've played every life path, both sexes, all sorts of, um, <clears throat> usually the same ending. I've, I've done like the big all-star ending before too. So um, just recently. But uh, the biggest ex thing I would see was my quick hacks because I was a I was a, 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 a I would quick hack people. They would just not work, so they would not do yeah. damage, and I would have to pause, restart in that moment, and then they would start working again. So that was the most common one I would see. Uh, through one of the future patches, something that would happen was you'd be walking around or driving around, and then you'd see like somebody's shirt like just flash a different color. And then all of a sudden, the whole world would start flashing different <laughs> colors. And you're just like, well, <laughs> this place is about to crash here in a second. So you would just, I would just save and restart, or I would save, keep playing, then it would freeze and then crash. So you, you would start to, to see what would happen. A common bug that I ran into that I actually saw someone show on YouTube that I, I is a famous bug was on the, uh, I, not the Queen of the Highway one, but it's the one where you're with Pan Am. And you're you're getting Nash and his crew trapped at that crossroads area. Yeah. When you when you go into the substation, when you hit the window, it'll shoot you back like 500 meters or something like that, just like straight back. It's pretty and realistic. Like like somebody <laughs> had a rope, like a stuntman rope pulled to you yeah. and yanked back. And I remember <laughs> like, what in the world just happened? And I just like I just it was just inconvenient and kind of funny. And then I was out in the desert as well. And this is probably like the only, um, this was a world breaking bug, but I was driving on my motorcycle and I hit a spot in the ground and fell through the world. But luckily it, it respawned <laughs> me back up, but my bike was trapped in the dirt. So I had to get off my bike, which was in the dirt. Um, it I suck if that could happen in real life. I was going to say, you've never had this happen to you in real I life? I take screenshots of all of the funny bugs that I see, too. So I, we can even put these up on Twitter and Instagram and stuff. There was this right. one where I almost That's sent it to you idea. guys and, and hinted that it's a cameo of you. But there was these two, I think, scavs laying down that I killed. And one of their, like, fist was, like, elbow deep in the other guy's butt. Uh, <laughs> that was pretty fun. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> What was for, for both parties? Oh, okay. This one actually really pissed me off. This is the only bug that angered me. Um, so there's this mission you do for Dakota. Uh, she's the fixer out in the Badlands, and uh -huh. it's where you pick up this uh, this tech girl from the Scavengers, and Dakota wants to work with her, and this girl hates fixers, right? And there's a portion of the mission to where you can fixers. take her back, but also you can take her van back, which the Scavengers also have. The van sucks to drive. And the drive sucks because they don't give you a freaking radio on the drive back. So you're just quietly driving through the <laughs> most boring part of the map, like halfway through the Badlands. And then you get there, and then the optional thing says park the car and go talk to Dakota. Well, in patch 1.5 at the beginning, when you park the car, it wouldn't register as parked. So regardless <laughs> of the fact that the goddamn van was in the goddamn garage, not 10 feet from fucking Dakota... They would be like, where's the van, V? You're like, it's right fucking there. Sorry. <laughs> um, and, 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 like, I was, I was looking up because I'm a completionist. 
and it was right there and it didn't make logical sense to me ways to get it in there so i would like go back all the way and i would just jam it into the garage as hard as i could and it sucked so that literally made me angry but that was the only one the game breaking bugs that the ones that you can't complete a task or that just like for some reason something doesn't clips out or something isn't there or doesn't register those are the worst honestly i don't mind if it breaks immersion a little bit if somebody's floating or clipping or something like that not a big deal it happens it's a freaking huge game i get it right it it happens but the problem was the breaking bugs were so prevalent at the beginning but i I and with next gen consoles i feel you didn't have as many especially in my personal experience I didn't have very many breaking bugs, and when I did, they telegraphed themselves enough to where I can get ahead of them. And because these new games load up so fast on these consoles, I'm out maybe 20 seconds. That was kind of the same thing for me, too. I didn't have... I I think the game crashed, like, maybe three times in the 30 hours I put into it. So an average of once every 10 hours, that was was doable. I mean, it's it's a little inconvenient, but like you said, it loads so quickly on these next-gen consoles especially on a series x where you've got you've got quick resume and you've got all this all these extra things to make it nice and snappy it it was not an issue with that um now we do need to talk about the game changes the intended game changes due to the devs because that also the balance of the game has changed significantly since the beginning and that's very that, interesting to go that was actually one of my issues with the game and i think it was a, a game change in 1.5 so we can we can continue there unfortunately we're gonna talk we've got a lot of really awesome things to say about this game so we're i, I, I think we're gonna get all of our shitting on it out at first and then we'll just go into all the i'm gonna mix my criticisms in with it because i really don't shit on this game because i adore it but i have i have my real criticisms and when i actually spend all the time in the game it's the things that i actively think about that i will get into as well so the the um i I do have a lot of things i want to say that are positive about this game but first i I got something some some bones to well and let's just let's just have it be said too it's unacceptable with with the with the the type of studio and the types of game or the the type of game that Witcher Three was and the quality that that was and I understand CDPR was trying something very new with this game. I do want to say as a AAA studio that we have seen almost master for quality from this game was released in a completely unacceptable state. Oh, yeah, I don't care what you're playing on. And, and and CDPR, like, I love you guys. You are my favorite studio because you account for a really big chunk of my life. But at the same time, feel free to tell fans like me that, hey, we want to, and you guys are seeing it, but, hey, we want to give you the best product ever or possible, so we're going to push this out another two years. So, well, and and um, I, I, we should I say, say COVID, COVID was new at that time. So, yeah, it, it impacted it, but they hid. They wouldn't let reviewers play the game. This, this isn't a COVID problem. They reviewed, or they revealed this game with a complete cinematic in, like, 2012. Okay. Oh, I and, oh yeah. And, sure. and and originally they had, from what I understand, and I'm, I apologize, devs, um, if I'm getting this wrong, but they had planned to release it as a as a third person thing. Those plans changed. I heard they had the game almost completely released until Keanu was just like, I'd like to have a bigger part in this. And then they completely changed the game to give him a bigger part in the game, which is cool. And I love Keanu Reeves. I'm on the fan club, but at the same time. 
you throw that into the mix, and then they were just trying to stick to this hard date because they were already hyping the game before it was even a game. They, I think they felt pressure, and, and we get yeah. where we're at. So it, it, this wasn't a COVID thing. This was a you guys started marketing this way too early and then got over your skis and then I mean, it's not a good sign when they're having all these stipulations and not letting reviewers play the game and stuff. That's not, and they straight up lied about the last gen. Yeah, um, that was not, that was a, that was a straight up rug pull lie on those people. Yeah. And and I will say that as well. Um, anyway, sorry, that's going to be the only mean thing I say about you, CDPR. I love you. And I, I want to have your babies. So the, the, uh, the one thing I wanted to bring up too, Josh, you kind of mentioned this too. This was early on. There wasn't a lot of side missions and stuff to do. I think this is a patch update and correct me if I'm wrong, Jared, but with the newest pat with the newer patch 1.5, they made it to where you kind of get just random people calling you with, Hey, check, Hey, you're V, right? You want to do this? That's not what the patch. That's an old thing. That's an old thing. So here's, here's how, here's how it works folks. And here's how it it used to work. How it used to work is, and it used to be worse than it is because you can ignore calls now. Now you can ignore their calls and they'll just send you a text message before, like when every time you drove into a new area of town that had a different fixer and you had a certain amount of street cred, they would talk to you. So it, it just, when you cross that geo boundary, they would talk to you. What would happen before when they first released the game is you automatically got all of those fixers quests, uh, gig gigs is what they call them okay. from the start. So like Same. you go, you go, you go to, uh, to city, uh, city center, Dino calls you, you automatically have all his quests from the start. Oh, okay. You automatically have all of Reggie's quests. That's not how they do it. Now you have to do, um, like you go to Wakako, you do her first three missions and then she'll call you and say, Hey, you're climbing up the ladder. Here's some more gigs. Well, and that, that was just a way to nerf early progression because you can essentially uh, just with Regina's quest, because you're locked to Haywood, uh, not Haywood, but you're locked. Uh, to, uh, um, I forget the, the town, but uh, that, that region up North. Um, with just Regina, you can essentially be level 30 by the time you get to the heist and that kind of breaks the game early on. And so they kind of choke those back. Um, so that's how it works. And, um, same I, with, same with Delamain. If you, if you had that quest, literally every time you would get within range of one of those stupid cabs, it would call you whether you wanted to talk to it or not. Okay. That was probably the most annoying call you would get was those stupid Delamain, those rogue Delamains that were out in the world. Um, which would which would definitely ruin the game. Boxing used to be broken in the game. Um, so like the beat the brat missions, yeah. you would have to spec to brawl in order to complete those. Where now, if you have gorilla arms, you can get through them okay. Uh, making money used to be incredibly hard to do. <clears throat> in the, like you used to have to do every single possible thing in the game to have enough money just really. To, to get through it now they just throw money at you and and um the early on you used to have to be level 50 and finish all side quests to get there to get to that point now like you can fin like keep a lot of stuff on the plate and still hit that max level so they've really nerfed the game in a lot of ways um as far as gameplay goes some of it's good some of it's bad they've removed a lot of um stuff from the skill branch that made a lot of people salty because when they did that 
they had to respect their characters. Yeah, because I heard about that. Ooh, I have to spend an extra seven minutes to respect my character. Anyway, um, I, I didn't I, even with those changes, I didn't love the the way they did the side missions in that sense. Like, yeah. I hated getting random. I mean, I don't answer my cell phone for random people any in real life. I don't want to la- get interrupted with random missions and stuff on my phone. You know, and from now these now you I've can never just even heard it. it. So Which they, is nice. Before you started playing, you used to have to take those calls, every single one of them. But now yeah, you, you let them go to voicemail, or just you can hit the fu button and it'll just go straight there. So that that is something that they listen to. Here here's one of my criticisms, and this is a CD. Par- PR criticism in general because the Witcher also has this issue is the navigation in the map and <laughs> telling you where to go. CDPR in Cyberpunk, please put the lines on the freaking road. It is so hard to drive around this city looking up in the top right hand corner and tr- and and driving in this game is janky enough. And <laughs> so uh when 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 your navigation it's just like Go straight, go straight, go straight. Turn right now, turn right now. And then, <laughs> and then you have to like, you're, then you're hitting pedestrians. Yeah, your turning you radius have, is. And then you have this really big cop mechanic turn you're on. You're going 160 miles and an then, hour. And then in this game, once you have the cops on it, even though I know they've quote improved the AI, like you literally, I've driven around for 15 minutes with the star just trying to get rid of it, just aimlessly until it went away. Um, so yeah, the navigation sucks too. That that's part of the problem. Um, and that, that like creating. you said, that's always been an issue with. But the Witcher's uh, god awful too, though. Two is the worst. When we went when we went back and played two for a previous episode, man, yeah. that map was it's confusing. borderline useless. Yeah. Um, but that's a big deal. But yeah, sorry, I, I kind of word vomited a lot of stuff to you there. Um, but that that's been a lot of the huge respecting changes. Obviously, there's been like glitches and bugs that they've they put out like. In the early days, there's this space oddity mission, and the way that the uh, the traders used to work, you used to be able to cheese the uh, the, the item that you got and recreate mm-hmm. it or replicate it, and then you can sell it as many times as you wanted, so you can rack up as much um, I used to do that in as Skyrim much money as you want. Uh, but yeah, and also too, like cars in this game, they're they're really cool and they're better to drive now, but you don't need to buy any cars in this game. I know. I- you, uh, I, I don't you, think you I bought any. All of the the best cars for free in this game, and um, even like the cool, uh, the arches, the ones that look like the Audi R8s, you get one of those for free. Like, why would you even spend money on these? I just spend money on resources to whatever. We can get into how we spec our characters too, but sorry, I can go on about this game forever. Let, let's so talk a little bit about the graphics in the world. Um, <sighs> I think this game is absolutely gorgeous, and the world is so interesting. I mean, it's it's dystopian, right? But yeah, it is so um, real, but not real at the same time. Because like, you're not gonna walk around and see some of the stuff, but it, it's just the things you walk into. Like, I was pretty shocked. Like, you walk into basically a red light district. Yeah, and you got hookers on the street. Yeah. <laughs> You've got sex workers, you've got strippers, you've got people trying to sell you drugs, you've got um, these, like, cybernetic sex shops. So, like, you're you're basically going into, like, a virtual 
sexual experience. Like, yeah, it's like a hollow. So, so real quickly, and and just so folks know, this this game was developed from a tabletop RPG called Cyberpunk 2023, and there's actually events in this game. They're flashbacks that take place during that game, and you hear like Johnny Rogue. You'll hear the name Morgan Blackhand. There's this colossus looking mofo on a helicopter he's in those old games as well and there's different classes so johnny's this guy he's a type of of old in world person called a rocker boy and then you have your edge runners or your your solos which is what v is is a merc um you have your uh your chair jockeys or whatnot the 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 folks like spider murphy and and t-bug um so you have all those and in this game it diverges from our timeline to the point to where the United States is, it kind of breaks up and uh, night city is this independent city. I forget why they developed night city, but the last, the dude's last name was night. And then he started asking corporations such as Militech and Arasaka to be protection for this independent city. And that's kind of how they, mm-hmm. they got up. So there's been corporation wars between Militech and Arasaka. There was Mex- uh, a Mexican conflict, which Johnny Silverhand was actually, a veteran of and that actually gate became uh that's how he became disillusioned with corporations as much as he was and what kind of radicalized him um and then so what happens is johnny does something bad and then he's a terrorist and then blah 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 so the 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 lore in this world is very very deep uh i just wanted to kind of give some of that previous world building but you hear names like morgan blackhand a few times and adam smasher Mm -hmm. and these legends and you you feel the weight of these guys too and and um uh bart moss like you find bart moss in one of his uh freezers later on which was kind of cool so um but yeah it's it's just very very vivid and the well, lore drips that, from top to bottom and there's that's something si- that cd project red does so well <laughs> is I, I mean their two biggest properties are not there in they didn't develop the ip right the right. witcher is a book someone else wrote right and mm-hmm. cyberpunk is based off of, like you said, a tabletop RPG with all this lore. But they do such a good job of taking that to the next level, continuing. They always continue the story from where it was and build in that lore and have these really cool Easter eggs that reference back to what happened in those previous previous media. Right. Right. Um, so I think that's really cool. They do such a good job of that. The, the Josh, graphics, what'd you think of the world? Sorry. Oh, it's so when good. you were in it. Uh, I I mean I as far you're talking about like the environment or yeah, just just, just the general world looking yeah. around. Oh, I mean it's really cool. Um, it, it's very I mean as you kind of I mean it's cyberpunk right, but it it's a it's a cool mix of you know the the neon future. And the heavily muted kind of like steel and stone, mm-hmm. you know, which is really, uh, um, and then there are elements of kind of like downtown, like, sorry, Axel, sorry, my dog. No, that wasn't, I wasn't laughing at Axel. I was just, I was just thinking of crap. Well, there's like elements of like downtown kind of like Tokyo and places yeah. like that. And it's really mm-hmm. just kind of like cool um, to... Districts really have you, their own personality. Yeah. They're yeah. very, uh, yeah, very uh, you know, urban is a you know, it's a very uh, what you would expect from kind of like urban settings. Um, lots of people, right? Lots of roadway traffic. Um, 
You have your rich people looking up on the hill out over yeah. people. So the only openness you have in the privacy is up on the rich people hill. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, it's... um. Stop. Okay. I, I love the... Uh, like you're talking about, the, the, the aesthetic of it is very, very cool. Um, the coloring, the the mixed with the bright coloring like you're talking the neon mixed with the drab dark um cybernetic steel it's it's capitalism run wild right That's yeah even the pretty parts you know there's a there's a sea dirty underbelly too yeah it's dirty well, too there's yeah. a lot yeah. of grit to it what's well, it yeah it's very urban yeah very uh very uh yeah, very, I mean, it's, it's very noir. Yeah, urban noir kind of setting. Um, the, the NPC AI in this game leaves a lot to the imagination, like a lot, but there are some really great moments. And this is a game, again, and I keep saying this, and I apologize, and I'll probably keep saying it, that benefits from headphones. Um, a little detail that I didn't notice until I started playing with headphones is V talking to Johnny is different than V talking to everybody else because V talks to Johnny in his or her head, whereas V talks to everybody else vocally. And so when V's speaking through his or her mouth, it sounds normal, but when you speak to Johnny, it's kind of like muffled and heady because he or she's thinking it. Yeah. I didn't realize that, but like you hear the weirdest conversations. I went to uh, Clouds. It's when you go to Clouds for automatic love to figure out what happened to Evelyn. Uh -huh. There's these two guys having this really inappropriate conversation where this, this dude's wife is mad at him because he jacked off to something. Uh -huh. and, and the dude was just like, or no, no, he's saying that he's going to like use some machine to jack off as opposed to actually sleeping with like a doll or something. The guy's like, let me get this straight. He's like, your wife would be mad at this, but she wouldn't be mad at that. He goes, yeah. Because that doesn't involve meat. And it's just like, what? <laughs> and it's just like a really gross, hilarious conversation. And like, there's a lot of those that go on. But the problem is, is there's not that many just because the AI is so lacking. And I would love to hear just random encounters like that. Yeah. You get some more. But again, like there, there's if they can overhaul their NPC AI, there's even more to add to this game potentially, I feel. But yeah, I, I love I love stuff like that. It's just you just sit and listen to these fools and eavesdrop on their conversations. What did you guys think about the story? I loved it. Um, bit nonsensical, uh, obviously, as video game stories can be. But I love the characters in here, particularly like Judy. I love Rogue. Um, Pan Am is incredible. Oh, I love Pan Am. Yeah. Jackie's fun. Johnny's. <clears throat> Awesome. Like I just feel they real Takamura even like John they, Johnny they actually even even though you know at times he's a shit person he also like at times becomes very real because I endearing. I had a everybody's real and endearing to me they, I they, went on yeah. a I went on a roller coaster with Johnny like there's points where I'm like I can't this I can't with this guy and then there's other right. points where I'm like dude wow okay when he sits okay. you down in that hotel room and has that heart to heart with his with the uh um the dog tags like yeah. that's a real moment and and i i don't know i i felt like the the relationships in this game really had weight 
And like even even the side stories later in Act Three that you don't have to do, but like where he gets the band back together, with Samurai back. Together, I thought that was so cool. Those are some of my favorites, just because you get to see a little bit more behind Johnny. You get to meet his, you get to meet him more through his friends, and then you get to kind of get to know Carrie more and get to know Nance more, and then you get to play a show with them. Like the first time I played a like Supreme, I was like, "What is this? This is so cool." Um. So I, I, that's what keeps bringing me back to this this game. And honestly, there's so many little things that you can do that I keep missing, even with all the time that I've missed. Like, and the reason I'm playing the game again now, right now, is because I figured out you can save Takamura after that mission, and I'm gonna go I, back and save him. I was so disappointed I when I found out when he died. Takamura. I and, did too. And, and I know I haven't played the ending with him where he comes back. The devil ending is what they call it. And I'm disappointed it turns out like that with him because there isn't more growth for him. But uh, but no, I like Takamura. And and when yeah, you're sitting scoping out the Arasaka plant, you figure out there's more to him. And he's a con- everybody here. You can't look at them at face value minus Adam Smasher because he's weird. But everybody okay. else, I feel like there's there's more. They're like ogres. <laughs> There are onions or whatnot. They have layers to them. And and this game does a really good job at peeling away those layers. The relationship yeah. between Saul and Pan Am is really fun. And I genuinely felt like shit when Saul got his head smashed in at the end. Sorry, spoilers. See, I didn't do that ending. I did the uh, the one with Rogue and, and her crew. And, and I'll say, like, the, the, the best ending in the game, I feel, is being a female V playing as a nomad and doing that nomad ending because Judy comes with you and you get to go with the nomads and they're going to try to help you. So I feel like you get to maintain as many relationships. And what I feel this game is really about is V finding a home and finding a family. And at every turn, V finds that kind of, but loses it. Yeah. So V loses uh, her nomad family or, or, or I guess with the nomad sense or loses her corporate family, not so much with the street kid because she comes back from Atlanta. Um, but And then she loses Jackie, and then she goes and then, you know, loses uh, Johnny after a while. So I just feel that's the best ending, because the, you get to hold on. She loses Takamura, even, because he becomes a friend in a, in a way, in a, in a confidant. It's crazy, because there's not really a good ending, right? Because no matter what happens the, at the end of it all, V still is going to die. Is going to die supposedly. And you don't know. Right. And- right. That's there. I, I think there's room for like, if, if I'm speculating on what a, what a next cyberpunk might ha- do, there's room that like somehow they find another, uh, find a way to so, save V. And here, here or, let's, because I've been, I've done two endings you haven't done and you've done one that I've never seen. So, and there's different ramifications after each one. So with your nomad ending, when you finish with them, what happens is you end up on the bridge or on the dam and uh, your nose bleeds still. And they say you have about six months, but you break through an old Aldecado, tun- Aldecado tunnel. Blah. Um, and Santiago Aldecado, by the way, is in the game too. He's when you go to save uh, Alt. He's that weird dude. He's the first Aldecado. He's who they're named after, by the way. Um, but anyway, uh, you and the nomads go to Arizona, and they're going to meet your contacts, and they're going to try to help fix your head. So that's how that one is. If you do the solo ending with just uh, so up when you're deciding what to do, if you wait after a long time, Johnny's just like, 
well, you do have a tomb that's already dead that you wouldn't have to kill, and I'd be happy to go on a suicide mission with you. And you go into Arasaka just to the front door and just completely make your way to Makoshi. And the end of that one, which was super interesting, is that attack humiliates Arasaka. Their stock slumps. They're losing credibility with the public. And then V becomes like rogue at the afterlife. You're this big deal at the afterlife. Yeah. And then what happens is Mr. Blue Eyes. And by the way, before we get off of this, and I'll shut up after I mention this and <laughs> talk about the conspiracy theory, which is really cool. But Mr. Blue Eyes comes in and uh, gives you a mission to go to the casino up in space. And it pretty much ends with yeah. you coming out of a spaceship floating. I forget what it's called, but floating to that casino, which is super interesting, too. Mr. Blue Eyes, conspiracy theory, I want to get into him. Alex, how did yours end, and what were the ramifications of it? So I, I did the, the, the ending where you kind of let Johnny take, take the lead, and um, you go with Rogue and her crew to Arasaka. And, I mean, basically the same kind of thing happens. People die. Uh, you, you end up losing Rogue. Rogue gets killed by Adam Smasher, but you get to kill Adam Smasher, which is nice. Mm-hmm. And then at the very end, you know, you make the where the where the big change is, is you decide, OK, am I going to let Johnny take my body? He gets to live on. I die. OK. Mm-hmm. Or do do I does Johnny go off with um, uh, what's what's her name? Um, the, the oh, girl. Alt Cunningham. Alt, alt, yeah. Alt. Yes. Goes off with Alt. And, but V's going to die. And I forget how long. A few months. Like six, six months, months. Yeah. Something like that. And so I chose, okay, V, V's going to live, and Johnny's going to be like, okay, it makes sense. I'm dead anyway. I'll go right. see what, what's going on the other side with Alt. It, it kind of wrapped up nice with that because Rogue, who he had a thing for, is gone now. He met, he yeah. got to kill Adam Smasher. He got to deal with Arasaka. His story kind of wrapped up nice there. So I'm like, okay, let's see what happens with V. He got v, his closure. And, and V was I, – so I played male V – and uh, he was a um, nomad and then had the love interest with Pan Am. So at the end, you're in V's apartment. Pan Am is there. Um, they're together. She's trying to convince him to go off with them. And he's like, no, there's this one thing I have to do first. Mm-hmm. And it ends kind of like what you're talking about, where V is the, the big wig at, uh, you know, he's, Afterlife. he's rogue, basically, right? Mm-hmm. So um, he goes and does the mission in space, and that's where that one ends. Interesting. So and, and I'll kind of end my thing with Cyberpunk on this, and this is another reason why I like this game so much, is there's so many ways to do everything in this game. Like each, yeah. each scenario, each mission, there's a thousand ways in, there's a thousand ways out. You can go in completely quietly, you can go in loud, you can go in with a sword, you can go in with a gun, you can quick hack people. I That's something I love about this game. Is you, if it, It's each scenario is a puzzle to me. And you can go the immediate routes or you can walk around the building. There's some missions that when I first played, probably spent 30 minutes trying to sneak through the building when you could just go around the back, hack yeah. the door, walk in and be out in 30 seconds. Like. That's what I love about this game, and each time I go in, I see a new entry or exit point, and I'm just like, huh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go back and play this again and try that next time. Something I do wanna I wanna mention is with patch 1.5 specifically, CDPR said that they put something in there 
that they can only support in the next-gen consoles. So it's, it's a new edition, it's an unlisted edition that's within only the next-gen consoles. They added in, uh, so like at the very beginning, you go to that scav hunt with Jackie mm -hmm. and you save the girl from the bathtub, Sandra yeah. Dorsett. She works for a company called Nightwatch. Mm -hmm. Not Netwatch, Nightwatch, I'm pretty sure. And um, they have some sort of technology. If you hack her deck that you get later in the game, it's something about them being able to mind control people, which is very interesting. So keep that in mind. You do this line of quests for one of the prospective mayors named something Perales later in the game. And through that mission, he and his wife are being brainwashed by their security company who actually has a secret room in their, their house. And the more you go through this, you figure out that, yeah, they're, they're hacking their brains, they're changing their personalities, and it's really scary. And by the time you get to the end of those missions, you meet with Jefferson Perales, who's, uh, you meet with his wife before, she's super scared as you're getting closer to this mystery. And then as you're meeting with Jefferson, when you look up across the way, Mr. Blue Eyes at the end of the game, the same guy is watching you. And before you go to this meeting, V gets called and hacked. And they say pretty much, we know who we are, we know what you are, we know what you're after, stop. Uh -huh. And so I believe what the, and the, the community believes, like the, the whole conspiracy that's going on that they put in has something to do with this mind control thing. Mr. Yeah. Blue Eyes. There's this random girl they added in with 1.5. She's at the end of the dock over towards the spaceport and she's crying. You can jump in the, the water next to the pier, grab her car keys and give it to her. And she's super happy and just randomly gives you money. Like, why is that there? And she's actually in uh, Kempeki Plaza earlier on. I'm pretty sure. So there's this behind the scenes conspiracy going mm -hmm. on. That's not necessarily apparent that you can still find. There's also other secret missions I've stumbled upon as well. Just naturally too that haven't openly been listed too so i think there's a lot more to discover about this game and i think as they improve it i'm they're putting stuff in that they meant to have in there and yeah it's kind yeah. of it kind of sucks that we're seeing there was a lot of cool cut content but the fact that they're putting back in and the fact that it's there in general i think is just really cool so oh, i'm totally fine with um that. i i obviously for me i see value in going back to this game and exploring especially after each update because I think CDPR really is trying to make it up to the community. Um, so I'm going to keep playing it until they say that they're just completely pulling support. Yeah, I think, I mean, they are, I will give them this, they are doing right what they wronged, right? They're going right. back and making changes and fixing it. The last thing I want to talk about, and I'm aware of the time, so we got to make this kind of quick. Sure. Uh, the game, the actual, like, gameplay and, and the, I'll start by talking about the combat, and then I'd like to hear from Josh what his thoughts were. Um, I I love that you can, like you said, you can do so many different things and mm -hmm. do things in so many different ways. But man, I did not love the base combat in this game. I, I had a lot of qualms with the gunplay. I didn't feel like it was very snappy. Um, I didn't feel very... I, I don't know. I, I didn't like the the way the combat worked. It, it seemed like some guys are bullet sponges, and then some guys it's it's really hard to aim down this aim down the the barrel at some guys. Once I once I got a few extra cybernetics and started using smart guns, mm -hmm. it changed it quite a bit. I felt a lot more content with it, but I never got to the point where I was like, you know, this game 
plays combat the way I want it to. Part of that was because I think I tried to play it more as like a first person shooter than yeah. an RPG. And you can do that. You just know. need to spec into yeah. it because if you're going to be relying on your, and, and that's the thing, there's a huge difference between the weapons you use. And yeah, um, like I, for, I think the gunplay and it's amazing. It just, I have to use the right guns. Like I don't use a unity. I think for the most part, like I use Lizzie, which is a uh, Lexington uh, for a pistol. I usually use Psalms 316, which is a uh, it's it's a particular kind of rifle, but I, it's the only rifle that's not smart that I like. If I don't use yeah. that, I use one called Yinglong, which is a, a smart rifle. And then I use a shotgun, which is I use shotguns for the most part in this. And I uh, I like one called <laughs> appropriately called Headsman. Um, that's my favorite shotgun I use. And then I just heavily quick hack shit too. Yeah. So yeah. I, I like the stealth aspects of this game, the quick hacks. And I like the sneaking aspects and stuff to be able to get and break I, into back doors and whatnot. And my gameplay I, is I just, I breach everybody, uh, electronically. And then I, I yeah. go in and I quick hack them and, and sword them with Wakako's new katana. And then if yeah. somebody sees me, then I just pull out my shotgun and destroy them all. So um my 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 infiltrations either end in everybody with a headache on the ground or it's just a bloodbath what were you gonna say josh i was gonna say that i mean gameplay to me for a lot of part that i found fun was kind of the stealth slash quick hack uh, that i remember i don't really at this point i don't really remember a lot of the guns but i just remember um doing kind of just being a little more stealthy and then quick hack made combat very, um, or not very easy, but much easier. And just kind of like treating it like a halo kind of run and gun sort of thing. Yeah. Um, so let's give our final, our final verdict on this game. Just our quick, like maybe 60 second, 30 second elevator pitch for this game and thoughts. Jared. Uh, this game, it just gives you so many different, ways and options to go about the task at hand there's a ton of ways to spec i mean as much time as i spend in this game there's whole skill branches that i don't even know about Uh um which is which is interesting Uh i love the music in this game i love the world it's super vibrant it's it's immersive um and if you can forgive little flaws i think this is a great game i think i part of the appeal for Uh cyberpunky type games like this as well for me is I envision this being like the early, early world to what turns into the Star Wars world eventually. I can totally see it getting there. Or even like the Mass Effect world. I can see this being the Mass Effect world in 200 years, and this is just the weird, roguey area before Uh everything got cleaned up. So I I, I love this genre. I think we're going to get a shotgun blast to the face of, of, of cyberpunk stuff here soon, so I really hope it doesn't get too watered down. But um, I do hope we get more quality products, and I, I'm excited to see what CDPR releases for this over the next year or so to bring people back. Okay. Josh, what's your 30-second, uh, 60-second elevator pitch for this game? Um, well, I would say that, you know, back when I had played it, it was a – you saw – the potential you know um uh-huh. it was still i mean you obviously from a story and um just kind of world perspective it was very you could tell that it was um if not already well realized like it was just 
it just needed a little bit more. And um, I think kind of taking all that into account with the patches that have come out, I from what I've heard and read, everything, um, not everything, but a lot of things seem to have been, you know, vastly improved. Uh-huh. So I would, at this point, you know, I, you know, I'd probably give it somewhere around a eight and a half, nine out of ten. I think that's probably a good way to think about it. This game, um, kind of on the same lines of what both of y'all are saying, uh, it started rough, but they have put a lot of work into it. They they really screwed up with the way they handled the start of this game, but they mm-hmm. are really trying to make it right. And it's a great, really great game under there. The potential, I think, is mostly realized now. It's mostly on discount now, too. Like, wherever oh, you find it, oh, it's yeah. always at least $10 off. And, it's, and that's down from a discount, too. Uh, I'm pretty sure... I, I got it for Christmas, but I'm pretty sure when I got it, it was only, like, less than 30 bucks for and, and that was the next you can get the disc version up, of but, it for 10 bucks for a very long time so it, it's it's great it's a great deal um you're gonna put i mean you can spend 30 to 800 hours in this game easily so <laughs> makes you know it's worth your time and money um you can do so much there's so much freedom i my number one reason to play this game if i was telling someone to play it is the world and the story the mm-hmm. story is very touching um, it, 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 I mean, at times it's shitty and at times it's so deep and connecting. And when I mean shitty, I mean like people are, it, the situation just sucks. It's bleak. Like it, it's, it's very bleak. bleak. And there's no real happy ending for these characters. The kidney but that, mission, But man. it's okay. It's okay. It works <laughs> out well. So this is a, uh, a must play game in my opinion. And yeah. if you like this style of game. And, you know, I went through it and I beat the whole thing. And once I got into it, once I got about six hours in, I didn't want to put it down. It went so quickly at that point. Well, and and I'll, I'll leave it at this, too, is CDPR is, I'm pretty sure, committed to this IP and they've seen the potential in it. So just realize, folks, as beautiful as this and well realized as this game is, now that they actually have it under their belt, think of Cyberpunk 2 and an Unreal Engine 5 within the next seven years. That's going to be amazing so we'll, we're definitely going to be seeing more of this from cdpr i believe all right so let's talk um what else we've been playing let's do a quick just recap of a couple of games y'all have been playing um so for me i want to point out i have played and beaten strangers of paradise the final fantasy origin game it's a fun uh kind of action oriented uh game that takes you through a reimagining of final fantasy one and it i think the story mostly pays off i mean it's convoluted and at times doesn't make any sense uh that kind of is par for the course a lot of the times and and but the gameplay is so rewarding and fun i really love that one um also i've been playing a little bit of uh unpacking (laughs) which is a uh it's on game pass and it's a game where you literally go through the stages of this character's life in their different homes and you just unpack the boxes and it tells a little story while you do that like the woman start i think it starts at the first her first dorm Mm-hmm. In college and so you unpack just the dorm room and then our first apartment so you unpack a couple of rooms then our first home you know it's kind of cool and, and I, so I, I kind of find it interesting 
the only other thing I've been playing that I feel like worth talk, talking about right now is I just finished Dragon Quest XI, um, which that game has a lot of really charming aspects to it. it I, I think it's best sum up as it's if Final Fantasy, Zelda, and Dragon Ball Z kind of all had like a super <laughs> baby. That's kind of what it baby. is. It's, it's a little more lighthearted and charming than, say, Final Fantasy is most of the time. Um, it's got some aspects that feel very Zelda-like, but it's an RPG. And then, the, of course, the art style is done like a Dragon Ball. So I, I thought that was great. I put about uh, 50 hours, 60 hours into that game, and there's still plenty to do. Uh, Josh, what else have you been playing? Uh, well, obviously, still playing Elden Ring. Um, it, it's <laughs> kind of... Uh... It's gotten to the point where it's maybe like just a couple hours a weekend just because it's so it's there's a lot to do and kind of just detailing you know yeah as i get into new areas what i you know as i go around what i need to do and then going back and doing my best to fight through and save and level up when i can um playing uh wrapping up the cloud kingdom hearts on switch actually cool. as i've got you know uh, Kingdom Hearts 3 has actually been fairly the you know early on and it, obviously it's probably just internet connection potentially at times it kind of there's a little bit of input lag but in the past like week it's been really smooth and I'm kind of been impressed with it and I'm really at the just about at the end of that game so I'll be probably moving on to um I just picked up Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition so I'll oh, cool. probably start with the first one there and then i'll go i already have two i'll probably play through that soon and then in anticipation for the third one that's releasing i think in august maybe okay very cool yeah jared what have you been playing other than cyberpunk <laughs> i uh i jumped into kill it with fire for a little bit which was fun and it's just a silly little game where you try to kill spiders all over okay. the map so that's on game pass <laughs> Um, I was playing that with Aria. We had we had a few hours of fun with that. Um, I've been playing the show 22 as well in my super watered down nerfed version of it. So I just I play the uh, you're going through the system. So I'm in the royal system. Surprise, surprise. I'm with Northwest Arkansas right now. Just trying to get called up to Omaha. Um, and I'm unrealistically good. And then. <laughs> I also, I mean, I'm always chasing ever since that Forgotten City game, just that good story dragon. So, yeah, folks, if you have a good story, <laughs> please let me know, because I'm just that's why I keep playing Cyberpunk. I jump back into uh, Mass Effect for a little bit because I just want a good, solid, immersive story that I get lost in. So any any ideas, please send them my way. So with that, why don't we jump to video game, guess who? Cyberpunk edition. Keep it to a main storyline character. Oh, I'll keep it to a character. You do what I say, Alice. <laughs> All right. So I've got a character picked. Go for it. Boy or girl. <laughs> All right, no, let's not do that. Um... It's yes or no questions. Yes. Is it a girl? Yes or no questions. That oh. is a 
Yes or no question? You're right, it is. Uh, yes. Okay. Female character. <laughs> um, shoot. I mean, this sounds like a dumb question. Oh, it probably would be a dumb question. Let's say, do they have tattoos? I mean, that's like pretty much every character in this game does. Uh, I'm actually not 100% sure if this character has tattoos or not. My initial wording guess is no. Does she work with brain dances? No. Okay. Um, is this person a net runner? Yes. Is this character from the first act of the game? Uh, I don't remember exactly when the acts take place, but I'm saying I would, Free say, heist. I would say no. So after the heist? Yes. Second act, second and third act. Net runner, Josh. Hmm. Let's see. Is this person affiliated with a corporation? Ah, uh, yes. At, at one point. Post heist net runner formerly affiliated with a corporation. Oh, it, um, is this character in a gang? Uh, no. Did they? Did they? <laughs> Um, how many questions are we at right now? A lot. Uh, like I seven, maybe? I haven't been tracking, honestly. Okay. Did we, this... don't, we don't have a limit, but we should at some point consider did, a limit. Did this it... person and or the corporation they work with develop the Soul Killer program? Yes. Oh, okay. I was going to say it's either her or her. Is, is it Alt Cunningham? <laughs> It is Alt Cunningham. It had to either be Alt or Spider Murphy. So, so. Alt was originally with uh, ITS Corporation. She yeah. developed the Soul C Killer program. Uh, she was girlfriend of Johnny Silverhand, but she was never in a gang. And uh, I don't think she has a tattoo. I'm trying to remember if maybe she has one, but I don't think she does. She doesn't. Of the body parts you see of her, she does I, not. That's what it. I was thinking. She has that um, cool white mechanical hand. That's it. Yeah, that too. that's going to wrap us up for this week um next month we are going to talk tunic tunic tuning and in for tunic so feel free to jump in and on the uh and chat or i guess on the interwebs and chat with us about that uh we're at on twitter at pod underscore win we are on gmail at play to win pod and that's the number two uh, at gmail.com 
give us a like, give us five stars, give us a review that helps us with the algorithms. We're we're growing, we're going up in our listens every month, which is great. We got we've got a if we get five new reviews, there. Alex will wear a tunic when we talk. That about is, it. we are totally the number two. I will I will wear a tunic. I will do that actually. I'll have to find one, but I'll wear a tunic. <laughs> um, we've got new stuff going up on the YouTube. I think Jared's working on that. And then I think that'd be cool, actually, if Jared, if you want to post some of the stuff to Twitter, some of the the interesting glitches. The, the glitches saw. that I've taken. So we can talk afterwards about that. But without further yeah. ado, we are out of here. We'll see you next month, folks. Deuces. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.